Blog Talk Radio. Michigan and Washington trading headlines. What we're talking about most of the show today, the national championship in Houston on Monday night. Adam Jibbenin standing by in the balance green room. <clears throat> Our college football co-pilot, Super Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, Super Duper Cavs fan, and, uh, you know, he's just an all-around great dude. Tony Donahue also joins us uh, later on uh, from the Tony T podcast and the fans place. We're going to be breaking some more conversation down about the national championship, but we're also going to be uh, beginning the conversation about the Colts. Are their season over? Uh, in, when they're in against the Houston Texans, and that's tonight right here in Indianapolis, then Ed Kratz will help us uh, break down all around the, the league, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. He joins us. Help us break down weekend NFL. Yep, the last week of the regular season. Next week, we head straight into the playoffs, and we'll see what kind of insight Ed has for that. Hopefully, uh, I re- re- uh, hopefully uh, the Colts will be a part of that co- that playoff conversation. My name's Tom Marquez. Stick around. It's about to get good. 917-889-8516 is our digit. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're one of my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. 
Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Huh? Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwah Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to The Balance. Y'all ready for this? Got your Black Rifle Coffee, blackriflecoffee.com. Buy a bag, give a bag. And I think you guys have heard me tell this story before, but I got a friend who's in the Navy, uh, and his, her son is down a destroyer, and that's all they serve on there is the different types of Black Rifle Coffee. So certainly join their Black Rifle Coffee Club. I love it. I get my coffee every month right here delivered to, my, to the house, and uh, it's great coffee. But the man who doesn't need any coffee to be great is Mr. Adam Jividen, our college football co-pilot. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you, man? Man, I'll tell you what. You on Black Rifle Coffee would be something else, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you ready for a new year, buddy? 2024. Are you ready I, to uh, you know get what? all of those resolutions done? You bet. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get after it, man. It's always exciting to bring in a new year. And then you get about February or March, and you're like, ah, ah, throw everything to the wind. But no. <laughs> it's a, it's always good. At the end of January, it's the end of our Q1 in work. So we we got a lot to do this month. But let's get, let's get right into it. We've got a national championship, a college football championship uh, taking place. Uh, obviously, uh, your team from up north, <laughs> not – uh, yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll, you know, and we, we called the show today, Michigan and Washington trading headlines, because on one hand, you know, Michigan foot, I mean, well, not Michigan football, but college football will never be the same after Monday. Uh, but let, let's talk about it a little bit. I mean, because it, as expected, and as we've talked about on this show, that if Michigan does happen to win the national championship, there's a good chance that they will, that it'll be vacated in six months. And then, does Michael Penix deserve a national championship? I think he does, but there's a lot of naysayers out there about Michael Penix. He's small. He throws weird. Well, I can tell you another quarterback who throws a little weird that seems to be doing just fine. He's a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, Adam, uh, give us uh, your your 360-degree uh, uh, insight over this game, and then we'll start breaking it down in the X's and O's. Yeah, you know, this this game is interesting. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that it would have been Michigan and Washington for the national championship, I think everybody would have been really confused. Um, you know, Washington played well last year, and, and Michigan obviously um, made it to the playoff last year before they subsequently lost to TCU in pretty, like, 
they, it was an ugly game um, where it was like, what are the, you know, it just felt weird and off. Um, and then obviously, you know, this year we had the, the, the cheating. I, I think allegations is all, is a bit too small. Like at this point we now have tons of proof to know that that's what was taking place. Um, but then, you know, it seemingly has thus far since the initial Big Ten uh, suspension, not suspension, because he was only suspended from the sidelines on game day. Um, you know, it's seemingly kind of been tucked away. Now, I, I am of the opinion now, having seen what has happened, and public outcry is now kind of shifting, which is weird. I heard I heard this one long article. I saw one long article where somebody was making a victim out of Michigan and blaming the Big Ten and Ohio State. And I was like, I don't know how you make that kind of a leap, but okay. Um, but you know the thing that's the thing that's interesting on this is Tom. I don't know if they're going to vacate the national title. I think I think. Truly what I think is going to happen now is I think Harbaugh goes to the NFL and they get hit with some sort of a they, – they basically they're going to make Harbaugh the fall guy and he won't care because he's not coming back. Um, he's very – he's had a contract extension on the table for a while that he has not accepted. And I think that – he takes a job with one of three teams. I'm seeing the San Diego Chargers. I'm seeing the Raiders, or I'm seeing the Panthers, all for different reasons. The Chargers are a team that needs discipline. Um, they are a talented but aging roster. Um, the Raiders, um, you have not only the fact that, you know, they have played pretty well down the stretch with Aiden freaking O'Connell at quarterback. So they have maybe <laughs> – the worst quarterback situation in the league. I have to take that back. The Panthers are worse because they gave Bryce Young the number one pick and all of those assets to go get him, and he sucks. Um, and then there's the Panthers. <laughs> David Tepper wants to bring in a big-time coach, and from everything that I've heard, he is going to be willing to pay through the nose for it, um, which you know seems to be his thing because I don't know if you saw over the weekend, but – he threw water or some sort of drink on a Jags fan, and the NFL sued him or fined him for $300,000, and the Jags fan is also suing him, which if I got water thrown on me by a billionaire, I would sue their butt too. Uh, so, <laughs> it then becomes know, holy water at that point, right? Absolutely, man. I'd be like, this water bought me a house. Uh, <laughs> That's right. But, you know, well, I, I, tell you I what, think – I think Michigan, frankly, I think it just kind of Harbaugh becomes the fall guy, or maybe they are able to to, to fire Ward Manuel, the athletic director, and maybe get like a one-year bull ban or something like that. But I think I don't, even if Michigan wins, I don't know that the NCAA is going to do what it takes to vacate the title because they don't want that hanging over them. Yeah, and so we'll, we'll certainly see how that happens. Let's, you know what? Maybe maybe we'll get in the cart before the horse. And you know, maybe uh, everybody is so used to thinking that Michigan's going to win. It's a Big Ten, and you know, uh, we've got a uh, 
Washington Huskies team who uh, a lot of people really don't know a lot about. I mean, we know about them now, but we, did we know about them during the entire season like Michigan? So a lot of people like to lean into Michigan being in the winner, and they're a bit favorite uh, to win the game. But certainly, I, I, maybe we're getting the car between uh, the horses. Uh, you know, the, the, this, the, the fourth title game between undefeated teams in kind of the college football era, uh, that, that'll be it. This will be the last time that we, we see this kind of national championship. Um, so we'll see what happens. Let's talk about the two teams. Washington, its offensive line won the job. Joe Moore Award for best offensive line in the country and did a great job against a strong Texas defensive line in the Sugar Bowl, not allowing a single uh, single sack. Texas uh, uh, did get much uh, edge pressure. Sorry, I can't talk today. But what's new about that? And, of course, it, you, you can't rule out hyphen runner, runner-up Michael Phoenix Jr., uh, former IU grad uh, guy, as, as I might point out. Uh, and took advantage of the transfer portal and ended up at Washington, where he's been able to showcase his talents. And we'll get into the two quarterbacks here in just a moment. But, you know, but Michigan's defense has still tallied 38 sacks so far this season, and its looks package is, is exquisite, was, was exquisite against Alabama. So the Wolverines dominated the first half at five sacks, and, they, and you know, the Crimson Tide got to Jalen in the world before he could escape the pocket. So really, there's a great resume here to be had by both the Michigan Wolverines and uh, the Washington Huskies. Let's, let's take one team at, at a time. Let's start with the Washington Huskies. We don't talk a lot about them, but we do know about Michael Penix Jr. Uh, give us a breakdown of uh, the Washington Huskies and what do they have to do on their side of the ball to beat Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. I, I think for Washington, it's kind of very simple. It's keep Michael Penix upright. Uh, Michael Penix, you know, Texas has a, has a really solid pass rush. We saw that throughout the Big 12. Um, but Penix, if he can stay upright, I think the, the Michigan, excuse me, I think, well, the Michigan defensive backs, I don't know that they can hold up against the Washington um, receiving court. You know, in the, in the game against, against Ohio State, Ohio State had open receivers. Kyle McCord was just not hitting them. Um, even on the final play, the one that was the that was in that was ultimately intercepted that helped Michigan win the game. If that ball wouldn't have been tipped, Marvin Harrison was running wide open across the middle of the field, and at minimum would have gotten in in field goal range. Um, not that they needed a field goal because they needed they need they lost by six. They needed a touchdown, but that would have put them in the red zone. But he may have. If he catches that ball, Marvin Harrison might just end it right there and win the game. And then this is a completely different discussion. But, alas, McCord was just a hair off, didn't get the ball out in time from the Michigan pass rush. And um, and then, you know, pick, pick ends the game. So, uh, Roma Dunze is, in my opinion, the best, second-best receiver in all of college football behind um, Marvin Harrison Jr. this year. Emeka Egbuka was kind of the one carrying that torch headed into the season, but he got hurt in the Notre Dame game and just was never really able to live up to expectations after that. Um, but Roma Dunze and the Washington receiving core is very, very talented. Um, and if Penix can stay upright and he has a quick release, I don't know that, that Michigan's secondary can hold up against Washington. 
And the question for Washington is going to be, from a defensive perspective, is can they keep Michigan from grinding the clock down? Can they get enough stops on third down? It is what Ohio State was not able to do. They were able to force tons of third downs, and then Michigan was able to convert them by a half yard every single time it mattered. We're talking with Adam Jevin, our college football co-pilot and all-around great dude. Let's talk about the matchup between J.J. McCarthy with Michigan and Michael Penix Jr. Uh, with uh, Washington. Both of them six foot three, ironically, around 200, 202 pounds. Um, for J.J. McCarthy, 2,851 passing yards in 2023, 22 touchdowns and four interceptions. And then with Michael Penix, he's uh, in 2023 with 4,648 passing yards, three, 35 touchdowns, and nine uh, interceptions. First of all, are either one of these quarterbacks, first-rounder quarterbacks, because you know that the NFL scouts are above in them, especially Michael Penix Jr., but there again, uh, uh, you know how NFL scouts like to be and get, give us things to talk about up through the NFL draft, uh, kind of aren't in the favor of Michael Penix Jr. being a first-rounder. Match these two up for Monday night, and then you're going to get a heck of a, a game, and you've got some great receivers to talk about as well. But uh, the matchup between uh, Michael Penix Jr. and uh, I'm sorry, and J.J. McCarthy uh, with Michigan, uh, talk with us about that matchup. Yeah, you know, Penix, um, I think has played himself into the first round. I get the talk about, like, funky delivery – his delivery actually reminds me more of Philip Rivers than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Philip Rivers had that kind of funky, like, short-arm slash side-arm delivery, similar to what Penix does. Um, but Penix gets it out fast. Uh, the, the, the question on Penix is, with any of these guys that, were, that had the COVID year, it's have they already hit their ceiling? And if they have, what would Penix be able to do? But do I think Penix is worth a late first-round pick? Rick, heck yeah. Like, if you have a team, let's just say, that does not get a quarterback in round one, but is kind of questionable on the fence, maybe needs a quarterback, I'm thinking of, let's just say that the Giants don't go quarterback or the Arizona Cardinals don't go quarterback. Do, do I try to trade into the back end of the first round and get a quarterback? Yeah. And Penix is the perfect example of somebody who is, a veteran guy, may still have some room for growth, but being an older older rookie, he needs to be able to step in immediately, pick up the playbook, and, and know where to go. And I think he'll be able to do that. J.J. McCarthy, no chance in the hell am I spending a first-round pick on him. He is a quarterback that when he was healthy, they had such little trust in him, he threw one pass, one pass against Penn State in the second half. Um, he put up big numbers against an awful, awful schedule in the beginning of the – we're really for, throughout almost the entire season. And, and would I trust him to, to, to carry my, my team as a first-round pick? No, not a chance. Not, and I'm not just saying that because he's a Michigan kid. He, he's not there yet, and I don't know that he'll ever get there. He just does not look – like an NFL quarterback in any capacity. Now, would somebody be stupid enough to take him? Sure, because Zach Wilson was also drafted number two overall. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the, the receiver uh, combo between quarterback and receivers. Uh, 
we we have a very good combination uh, between Michael Penix Jr. and Rome. Uh, there, that is a lethal combination between those two. How does how does Michigan uh, stop that type of combination and that 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 receiver quarterback combination? I, I mean, it's going to come down to and, and again, like Washington has probably from a pure talent perspective, the second best receiving core in college football behind Ohio State. And Ohio State is carried by Marvin Harrison, who might be the best receiving prospect. I mean, I've I've seen some guys say that he might be the best receiving prospect we've ever seen. Um, because obviously nobody knew what Jerry Rice was going to be. Um, so, like, <laughs> but, but, you know, he is – Marvin Harrison is is absurd. I mean, he just really is. So, from that perspective, for Washington to be number two behind Ohio State is is not saying that they are they are they are it's a tremendous room. Roma Dunze, in my opinion, again is the second best receiver in college football. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like a, a a slightly thinner Mike Evans when Mike Evans was just terrorizing the Big Twelve um, while at Texas A and M. Uh, but my gosh. Adunze is really good. They've got other receivers. They've got a solid tight end. And I, 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 I think the Michigan secondary is going to be spread a little bit thin because, again, they did have some issues shutting down Ohio State's passing game. And Kyle McCord, we now know he, what, what he is as a quarterback. And Michael Penix and Kyle McCord could not be further apart in terms of college production. So I – I, I think Michigan's going to have their handful. I think Washington is deep enough that Michigan is not going to be able to double, double cover um, Odunze, which is what they're going to need to be able to do. Or their pass rush has to get home early. If Michigan's pass rush can get home early, that's what's going to disrupt the timing of the passing offense more than a shutdown secondary will because I don't – think they have the secondary to be able to shut them down. Let's talk about a, a few key players of the game that we should see on Monday. Uh, Michigan's running back Donovan Edwards certainly is a, is a great uh, combo with J.J. Uh, McCarthy. What do we know about Devon Edwards? I mean, Donovan Edwards, it's, it's a two-headed rushing attack when you're talking. It's Donovan Edwards and it's Blake Corum. Um it's very much the thunder and lightning kind of thing that we've seen over years. Blake Horms, your 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 pounder back. Donovan Edwards is the home run hitter. I think the magic number for Michigan is going to be 150 rushing yards. If they hit 150 rushing yards, I don't know that Washington wins the game. I think it's kind of that simple. Let's talk about uh, Washington's wide receiver, Jalen McMillan. Uh, really a dangerous uh, guy in the in. The, the passing offense with the Huskies uh, certainly look for him to ha- see a lot of action on Monday night as well. Jalen McMillan. Yeah, I, I mean he is he is very much the number two complement to Odunze. Um, Odunze's one, McMillan's two, um, and, and I think from that perspective is that's where you're going to see the majority of the balls go to. But it's very much, I mean. McMillan, I don't know that McMillan's a first-round pick. I think I've seen him projected as low as, like, like an early third uh, or, or late second. Um, 
knowing that <laughs> that that Odunze is probably top twelve to fifteen at the worst. Um, so again, they they have two outstanding um, receivers, which is what's going to make it very very challenging for Michigan to stop them if their pass rush isn't getting home. Let's talk a little bit about another game going on tonight. Uh, we'll be up against the Colts game. I probably will miss it. But IU had, I thought, an embarrassing loss to Nebraska. They've got Ohio State tonight at 8 o'clock. Look to get back on track with them with, with Ohio State. Give me your thoughts on that game. Um, it, the game is in Bloomington. Um, Ohio State is is getting back on track. Um, Chris Holtman has, has got the team going in the right direction. We've only lost two times um, in – over the, the you know, what, what's been a substantial chunk of time, um, ha- had a win against West Virginia, a scrappy West Virginia team. Um, most recently, uh, Ohio State is coming together. I am tentative to say, do I think they can go on the road and win? Do I think they could? Yes. Will they? Uh, I don't know yet. Um, I, I think IU, knowing the loss that they had, is going to be highly, highly motivated I think this is a close game. Um, Ohio State has kind of been led by by Bruce Thornton um, and Roddy Gale and then the transfer in Jamison Battle from Minnesota. Um, but I this was this was a little tough for me to call just because anytime I felt like I have called Ohio State basketball in recent years, they lose every time. Um, so it's, well, go ahead and call them, man, because this would be a good time for you to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you would love that, wouldn't you? Um, but uh, uh, I, I think I, I'm I'm leaning towards I think I think IU takes the home game, if I'm going to be honest. Well, let's hope so. It would be nice to then we get on track. Certainly, it won't be long before we're talking about March. And let's hope to God that uh, Ohio State and, I mean, well, Ohio State too, yeah, let's give them some props. But Indiana can beat Ohio State and let's – Keep on track for the month of March. We've got a lot to talk about uh, with that. Real quickly, uh, before I let you go here, I know you've got a hard stop here, but the Colts host uh, the, the Texans at home. It's simple. Process here. They've got to beat the Texans to be in. You know, at this point, I don't care if we get deep into the playoffs. I just want to be able to get there, be able to say that we, we got there. Um, Certainly, uh, Houston is a, is a uh, force to reckon with as a quarterback that you know well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game tonight, real quick, and before we let you go? So, Houston, um, CJ played, it should be the runaway for rookie of the year, but for they don't want to give him his props because all of the uh, media is realizing how epically bad they um, screwed up the Bryce Young uh, projection as it pertains to C.J. Stroud. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I I think it's a tough game for the Colts. I think, though, I, I think they're going to win. Um, I really do. And – and then what's going to be interesting, Tom, is obviously what happens with Jacksonville, because if by chance the Colts can somehow manage to win the division, you, even with your worst record, 
will be hosting my Cleveland Browns and it are absolutely on fire Joe Flacco <laughs> in our defense. And I know the game the yeah. first time around was close. I don't know that it would be close this time around. I'm going to tell you what. But, there's some bad blood between the Browns and the Colts. Just You know that. I know that. But it would be fun to watch. I, the, Do you realize what you just be. said? You, you just mentioned Joe Flacco in a playoff game. Hey, man. <laughs> Joe, Joe Flacco looks like he did when the Ravens won the Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. I tell I'm, you not, what. I'm not Ray. saying I think where the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. Because I don't want to put that – I am hesitant to put that out there because I, I think if the I, – I, I might be a puddle of weeping <laughs> tears if the Browns win the Super Bowl. Take but, a video of that. Take a video of that. Uh, yes. We'd love to see it. But, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think a, a Colts home game against the Browns would be pretty incredible. I mean, if you, if you think about it, uh, if you consider – Everything that both teams have been through this year, that's pretty remarkable. Um, and, and I would love to see it. We'd have to, like, no way could we afford to go to that game, but we, we'd have to, like, you guys could come over to my house and we'd have to, we'd we'd make, have to we'd make, make something happen. we make something happen. A couple of quick questions uh, for you. One, is C.J. Stroud the rookie of the year? And two, if uh, Shane Steichen beats the Texans tonight, is he the coach of the year? Okay, um, C.J. Stroud, Rookie of the Year, yes. I don't even think that's even a question at this point anymore. Um, coach of the Year, no. That's, that's, I mean, Shane Steichen's a close second. It's Kevin Stefanski. I mean, dude's going to be starting his fifth quarterback on Sunday. Now, granted, that's because we're letting – we don't want Flacco to get hurt. But we have the second – the Browns have the second-best record in the AFC. And when you consider the depth of what's happened – I don't think it it can go to anybody else. Um, but Steichen, I think Steichen, I mean, has has. I mean, man, nobody thought the Colts would be able to, to even have this kind of record, let alone hang in once Anthony Richardson went down. Um, so it's, I, I he is he has definitely had a tremendous first season with the Colts, but I think the everything I'm hearing is Coach of the Year is going to go. To um, to Kevin Spanky. No bias there at all, but that's okay. You know, I'm just I, I am just I telling you what I'm also seeing. <laughs> I I tell you what, either one of those, uh, it would be a, a good choice. Uh, and my and you know uh, earlier on in the year, people were saying Shane Steichen coach of the year, and I, and I was just like, there's no way. Now I'm 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 really part of that that conversation. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I know we held you one minute over, sir, so we'll let you go. Uh, but real quickly, 2024 New Year's resolution, Jevy's Den, is, is that on the top of your priority list? <laughs> it, it, you know what? I have I have <laughs> elevated it. So it's it's not maybe at the top, but it's 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 higher. Yeah. It's 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 moved its way up. We'll talk with it's you on soon. The list. It's on the list. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. You have a good weekend. Let's go, Colts. That sounds good. Thanks, Tom. All right, buddy. Adam Jevedan, our college football co-pilot and all-around great dude and certainly big Ohio State Buckeye fans. Breaking down what's happening on Monday night at Houston, the national championship. We continue that conversation when we get back. 
Uh, I believe Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the fan place will be joining us right here on the Balance Radio Network. Ain't a hydroplane in the bank coming down like the Dow Jones. When the clouds come, we go. We Rockefeller, we fly higher than weather, and deep out to better. You know me, in anticipation for precipitation, stack chips with a rainy day. Jay, rain man is back, with little Miss Sunshine, Rihanna, where you at? You have my heart, and we'll never be... Morning face, you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Huh? Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to the violence. Thank you, Adam Jimmett, and helping us continue begin the conversation of what's going on Monday night in Houston, the National uh, Football College Football Championship, Michigan and Washington. Uh, a great uh, matchup. We'll see. Uh, joining us now is Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast and the fan plays helping us join us. Welcome to 2024. Tony, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How you doing? Man, I'm I'm good. I'm ready to go. Now, what what a better way to start off uh, the 2024 season with a Colts win? We'll get it into that in just a minute. But you know, we've got a a, a national championship. Really, uh, both types of go headlines either which way. We were just talking. You know, if Michigan does happen to win the, the national championship, which they are the favorite to win, will they be vacated in six months? Uh, we're kind of under the opinion now that that won't happen. That they might get uh, get a bowl game taken away or or something along that, uh, some eligibility stuff taken away uh, from what happened with Michigan. So it's not going to matter because Jim Harbaugh is not going to be there. Uh, and then, you know, on the other hand, you've got a great headline, uh, of course, Michael Penix Jr., and we know him from IU here. Certainly has earned his right. As, uh, to, he, in my opinion, should have been a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, but nonetheless, he does deserve a national championship, and I hope he can get it. I know a lot of uh, NFL people are talking about the way he throws and that he's small. 
like I just said, you know, there's another guy that throws kind of funky uh, and that did pretty well for himself, and that's uh, Patrick Mahomes. And let's not forget that Philip Rivers as well. What are your thoughts on this break, uh, breaking down this game, and we'll kind of look at some of the X's and O's. When you look at, at Michigan and Washington National Championship on Monday in Houston, what are your thoughts? I think Michigan's, Michigan's a team that is going to have to control the tempo. They're going to have to run the football, uh, manage the clock, um, win with their defense. Their defense um, is going to have to slow down Michael Penix. If, if Penix gets into an arm race and it becomes a shootout and he's throwing it downfield, they're going to beat Michigan. Washington and Michael Penix, that offense has been great all year. The biggest two things with Washington, one, is a lot better as of late um, – it was kind of bend, don't break for a while, and we saw that obviously on that last possession. You know, Washington came up with different ways to try to lose that game uh, back on Monday, and fortunately for them, it came down to the wire, and they got the last stop that they needed uh, as time expired. With that being said, uh, Michigan's a really tough team, uh, but they're going to have to control the clock because, as we saw last week, and really if you've watched Washington all season like I have, Washington just scores so quickly. Uh, and, and you saw it was for a lot of people that maybe didn't follow Michael Penix because of Washington, because he was at IU or maybe haven't paid too much attention to the Pac-10, excuse me, the Pac-12. Um, he is incredibly accurate. He puts the ball exactly where it needs to be. He gets the ball out of his hands quick. Uh, and Michigan's going to be on their toes early if Washington gets out to a fast start and is moving the chains and scoring on their opening drive. We were talking uh, in the last segment about some key players, and we mentioned Jalen McMillan uh, being a key player and a key wide receiver for uh, for Washington. But also, you know, you know, Ohio State's Marvin Harrison Jr. may be the only wide receiver in college football better than Rome Adone. Sorry, I'm saying that name wrong. Uh, which is just a, a a lethal combination with him and Michael Penix Jr. We didn't get a chance to highlight him, but he's certainly a key player in the game on Monday night. What are your thoughts on Rome Adone? Yeah, I mean, that whole wide receiver core. I mean, first of all, Penning should have been the Heisman. Um, but yeah, Adunze great. is you know, 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns. The guy's an absolute weapon. He's an absolute stud. Um, he's going to be there. Um, and, you, you know, Penix, just the accuracy that he has uh, really bodes well, obviously, for Washington. And you look at the schedule. They beat Oregon twice. They went to Oregon State and won. They took care of Utah. They've been Washington's been in a lot of close games, and that's why people are saying, "Oh, well, you know, maybe they're not as good. All their games have been close." But I, I prefer a team late in the season, especially in a national championship game, that knows how to win uh, in crunch time and knows how to win those one possession type games. Michigan's been blowing teams out. Look, Michigan uh, spanked Iowa. Um, you know, they blew out Purdue. They blew out Michigan State. They blew out IU. They blew out Minnesota. They blew out Nebraska. They blew out Rutgers. Um, they really haven't had too many close games since that Ohio State game. Um, I think if this is a close game, it, it favors Washington just because they've been in so many close games this season. You know, I, I don't see there really being any way this is not a close game in any way, shape, or form. I, I would be surprised, shocked, actually, if this was a blowout on any, either side of the, of the picture. Let's talk about, really, as we, as we just mentioned, alluded to, uh, Washington's biggest strength and weapon is their, their offense. Now, on the other side of the defense there in Michigan, their biggest uh, strength in defense is their defense. Those two matched up is going to prove to be a, a good game. Let's talk a little bit about Michigan's de- defense. How do they have to line up uh, to uh, 
you know, basically not keep Michael Penix Jr. upright. I'm not wishing for him to be hurt, but certainly that's the only way they're going to stop Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, and, and, and Washington can abandon the run game at times, and you know if they're going to throw. Um, you got to keep Penix inside of the pocket. You got to make sure, um, you know, that he is um, staying upright. If you're that Washington offensive line, you've got to give him a lot of space, a lot of time to throw the football. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm, I'm with you. I don't see a scenario where there gets where where it's a blowout. But you know, with that being said, anything can happen. Michigan has ran teams out of out of out of the out of the gym, so to speak, many times this year. Um, and we'll see what they can do. I, I'm excited for this one. I think this is one of the better national championship games that we, we've seen, um, and it, it, it could be an epic night, and I think that the committee got it right with the four teams that made it. Well, and this will be the last time we have to argue about the four teams that made it. Right? Uh, we'll have a different yeah. argument next year, but uh, this will be the last year of the four teams. Uh, really, uh, we look at uh, Dylan Johnson. Remember, he got carted off the field at the end of the Sugar Bowl. Uh, what looked like to be a pretty significant injury, but Washington head coach uh, Kalen DeBrewer uh, said Johnson has an aggravated foot injury that he's been dealing with, uh, but should be ready to play on Monday night. How big of a miss or will, if he can't play, or impact that will have if uh, if Dylan Johnson can't be on the field with Washington on, on Monday? Yeah, it'll be one less weapon that Michael Penix has, and, and, and I guess you look at the next man up type of situation. <laughs> Um, what, what I like about the situation is there's just so many weapons on this Washington team. There's, they, they, they beat you wide receiver wise. Um, you know, you, you look at the stats when, when it comes to the wide receivers, um, you know, and there are a lot of guys that have 30 or more catches. In fact, there are, they have five players with 30 or more catches. Um, you know, Johnson only has 22 catches for 166 yards. Not the biggest, um, not the biggest loss, um, for sure, uh, although he is their best running back, obviously, uh, at 1,100 yards. But, uh, you know, Nixon can step up. We'll see if Rodgers steps up. But um, they're going to have all of their all of their weapons when it comes to the passing game. So uh, it, it's a blow to their running game. You don't want to get too one-sided. But um, I do think that uh, they'll be just fine. All right, who's your pick? Uh, Michigan or Washington? And uh, what would you say a score would be for Monday night? I think Washington's going to get it done. I think it's going to be 31-24. Um, I think it's going to come down to, you know, who is going to get that last stop. I think it could be it could be an ugly football game at the time. If they can if they can keep – they can make Michael Penix a, a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket uh, and they can kind of flush him out, move him around, um, you know, that's going to bode well for Michigan. So I think it's going to be a lot closer uh, than what people think. I agree with you. I, I think Washington's going to pull this off, and we won't even have to have the conversation on whether or not that there will be a vacated a, a championship with Michigan. But I think it'll be a lot closer than you. I think it'll be somewhere around the 23-26 mark uh, with Washington winning. But either which way, I think this will be a, a close game. Okay, let's move on over to what is on everybody's mind here in central Indiana, or the nation, if you will. The Colts, they control their own destiny if they win, if they're in. They win, they're in. They play against Houston, who's on fire now. C.J. Stroud, arguably the, the best uh, quarterback out there right now, and certainly a candidate for Rookie of the Year. Uh, and you look at Shiny Spikeman, candidate for Coach of the Year. Maybe you look at Cleveland being Coach of the Year. Let's, let's talk about this game. Uh, what, what do the Colts have to do? Everybody's got to go out there and do their job. Uh, the Colts have to control the penalty. That's something that's been killing them here recently. And we look back now at some games that happened that maybe we would have, could have, should have, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. Uh, but the Colts, 
and the Texans tonight, 8.30, Lucas World Stadium. What say you, sir? Yeah, I mean, this is this is, this is is kind of what the roller coaster ride of the Colts season has been. It's been a season of, you know, went on a hot streak midway through the year. We're, we're, we're knocking off wins. Um, and now it's when to get in. It's when to get in against one of your rivals. It's when to get in um, at home. It's possibly for a chance at the division, which is what you start out the season hoping to do. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks have been have been have been good for the Colts. Look, you, you beat the Raiders at home, did what you needed to do. That Falcons game was was a struggle. You beat the Steelers. It's it's been back and forth. One week the Colts are looking great, the next week they're not looking great. Obviously the Falcons game comes to mind, the loss in Cincinnati comes to mind, which Colts team is going to show up. Um, this is a team that gets it done at home for the most part. Obviously beat the Raiders last week, beat the Steelers handily, beat the Buccaneers at home. Um, their last home loss was back in October to the Saints. You wish you could have that game back. Um, you know, it, you can look back at this game if they lose and say, you know, that was where they lost. That, you know, it was win or get in. To me, what comes to mind, blowing a lead against the Saints, you're up 17-7. to You lose that game 38-27. You lost to the Browns in a shootout 39-38. That was the game that I thought that they should have had. Um, yeah. You control your own destiny. You control it with a running game with Jonathan Taylor, who's never lost to the Texans, uh, a passing game that, that, that Josh Downs, Alec Pierce last week stepped up big time. Gardner Minshew has been able to move the football down the field. The defense has been really good. I'd like to see everything go smooth on special teams. We haven't seen maybe the punting, the Pro Bowl type of punting numbers that you would like to see out of Rigoberto Sanchez, Matt Gay. Uh, I think his yips are over with. I know he missed a few the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, he just had a child, and, and, and I don't know, maybe things are just a little bit off. But, um, you know, you, you just want to you want to see um, everything on special teams go right. You, you don't want to be talking about holding penalties uh, for the offensive line. You don't want to be talking about false starts. Um, you want to make sure that the that when the big play happens and you make the big play, you're on the right side of it, and it's not coming back due to a penalty. So um, the Texans are tough. They're hot right now, as you mentioned. This is a team that – T.J. Stroud, probably going to be rookie of the year, has really turned things on. The defense plays well. They're going to have a good pass rush today on Gardner Minshew. Uh, but it, this is another one of those games that comes down to the wire. This is why ESPN wanted this game. This is why it's on prime time. It's winner get in uh, against your division rival, 8-15 tonight. Um, and it should it, it really should be a good one. I mean, these are – I think I think it's surprising – more surprising that the Texans are battling for a playoff spot uh, than the Colts. Um, maybe because Gardner Minshew is the quarterback of the Colts, maybe it's a little bit more surprising on their end. But um, I think the Colts get it done today. I know that they're underdogs, but I think that they get it done today. Uh, absolutely. And there is a world out there where we could host a home game against the Browns, and there's some vengeance blood that, that'd be happening there. We'll see. We'll, we'll hold our horses till it gets to there, but there is a world uh, for that to happen. Are, are you in the, the camp that Shane Sykin, if he wins and gets a, the, the Colts to the playoffs uh, with everything that he's trying to do with quarterback situations, Anthony Richardson, and other things on the team, are, is he a candidate for a coach of the year? Yeah, I think he is. Um, I think probably the coach in Houston's up there as well. Um, maybe some other candidates that you could talk about. Um, obviously, what's going on up in, up in Detroit is something that's going to be looked at pretty heavily um, as far as, you know, who's going to be coach of the year. But uh, I, I, think he'll, I think he'll receive some votes. Do I think that he'll win? Probably not. Um, but he, it, 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 shouldn't, it shouldn't go, you know, unsaid of what he's done, what he's done at the backup quarterback, the injuries, the suspensions. I mean, people forget about how many people 
you know, Gro- mm-hmm. Grover Stewart comes to mind, suspended. you got a few other players the last couple of weeks that have been suspended. Zaire Franklin missed two or three games uh, due to injury. He's been wreaking havoc. The You know, the whole Shaq Leonard situation, handling that, right? Shaq Leonard, a guy that uh, was beloved here, had a, had a, had a couple good years, but just was kind of behind his time. Um, you know, so you have that scenario as well. So uh, they've gone through a lot for sure. Um, Shane Steichen has shown in his first year that he's a great play caller, which is, you know, we kind of missed that in Frank Reich. We definitely missed that in Jeff Saturday. Just some of the different schemes, the different sets, allowing Gardner Minshew to, to scramble out and make some passes downfield. So uh, he, certainly, he certainly will get some, some accolades. He'll certainly get a few looks. I don't think he'll get coach of the year, but it's certainly uh, – it, it's not a discussion unless he's involved in it. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place uh, joins us. Tony, what's going on over there at the Fan Place? I know you guys were giving away some Colts tickets. What's What are you guys working on? Yeah, it should be a good week. Hopefully if the Colts win, we'll be back down in town at the garage coming up on Friday um, with maybe a pair of tickets to a home Colts game. We'll see if it, it falls right, if the, if the cards fall right for the team. Um, but we've got Pacers contest coming up. We'll have a contest for the upcoming national championship game and uh, – like the Colts get it done 23-20. Um, maybe it'd be a game-winning field goal. Wouldn't that be exciting? But uh, hopefully they take care of business. They they establish the running game here early, um, get Jonathan Taylor going downfield, and hopefully we have a Colts, win, a Colts victory. Hopefully hopefully it's more than just a field goal. I don't know if my ticker can handle that or not. Tony, you have yourself yeah. a, a good weekend. Where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir? Yeah, appreciate it. Just check out the Fans Place app at Tony D&D on Twitter, and uh, we'll see what happens over the next, uh, what, 15 hours. Maybe we'll be talking about a Colts win next week. I love it. I love it. All right, sir, we'll talk with you soon. Have a good one. All right, take care. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place joins us, uh, continuing on our conversation about the national championships. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we got Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. We'll break it down. Uh, week 18 in the NFL. Yep, it's the last week of the regular season. Next week, we head straight into the playoffs. We'll see if that has any insight into what the Eagles will be doing uh, this week, and we'll see if our Colts can make it to postseason when they are in. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. One moment. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clock's run out. Time's up. Over. Loud. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up that easy note. He won't have it. He knows. It's all back to these ropes. It don't matter. He's choked. He knows that. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, 
and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're one of my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board. Do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones, or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Going to do the two-step. All right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark Littell, Presidente. Our first show of 2024. It's the best show we've had this year. <laughs> Love it. 
Thank you, Adam Jividan, uh Super Ca- uh, Cavs fan, Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, Super Duper uh, Guardians and Cavs fan, our college football co-pilot all around. Great dude to have him on and helping us break down the national championship game going on Monday in Houston. Um against uh, two quarterbacks and one of them being Michael Penix Jr. And uh, he's going to get himself a national championship. We break, broke that down also with Tony uh, Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place. Uh, you certainly uh, download that app. It's free. They have a lot of fun. You can win prizes and stuff. Uh, check out Tony's podcast. We're really one of the better sports podcasts, especially when it comes to racing and, and it comes to Central Indiana sports. Um Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, just going to be joining us here in a minute. We're going to be breaking down week 18. Make sure that you check us out on the World Wide Web at thebalancedsportscast.com. Uh, certainly follow us on the world of X. And, uh, you know, I think I've pretty much gotten away from saying Twitter. I don't know. The world of X. Uh, here we are. Uh, but I'm at Key Balance and then on Facebook, The Balance. Yeah, we've got a lot of things in store coming up in 2024 that we hope to, to, to uh, uh, team up with some partners and get some stuff going on on the website. Go to the website, check it out, balanceforecast.com. On the right-hand side, all the way down is all the archive shows. So if you, if you ever have that hankering, hey, I need some hankering, uh, then it's right there. It's real easy to go to. And you can listen to it while you're working or what have you. Uh, so... You know, it will be a distraction, but it'll be a pleasant distraction, right? Uh, but uh, so, and when you're listening to our podcast, like most of you are, uh, our live our live show is our podcast. Uh, but uh, we don't uh, we don't have any uh, editing and duping and all of that stuff that goes on. A lot of podcasts do. Uh, what, what you hear is what you get, uh, and uh, hopefully, more times than not, you like what you hear. <laughs> But uh, and just hit like. We know how awesome you are. You know how uh, we know how awesome we are. And so always good to have you along. And it's certainly good to, to start another year with you guys. And it's always fun. Uh, so we have we have a uh, we have a blast, if you will. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Nine one seven eight nine eight five one six is our digits. If you want to jump in the conversation about the NFL in Week eighteen. We're about to do that. Stick around. It's about to get good right here on the Balance Radio Network. I never get lonely. I got these goals to keep me company. I took the rear view off of this so forward, so I only see him in front of me. Now the past is out of sight and out of mind. Swore I'd change, now I'm back chasing these white lines. I'm just a long-haired son of a sinner. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
with over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. No, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lequa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love Mandy, Mandy Pepperidge, well, I haven't seen you since we... Go away. I'm sorry, I can only stay a minute. Let me buy you some lunch. Oh, you've got your lunch. Well, how about some milk? You got your milk, too. Well, can I just massage your thighs while you eat? Do I have to leave? Is this any way to treat an intimate friend?
All right, and welcome back to the battle. So that'll get you going on a Saturday morning. I don't know how else will. You ought to do actually your Black Rifle Coffee. I got it right here in the Balance Studios in my Yeti. Keeps it nice and hot and warm. BlackRifleCoffee.com. I tell you what, join their club. You buy a bag, give a bag. Whenever you uh, buy a bag, it, you know, first responders, military. I got a friend whose son's in the Navy, and uh, that's all they serve from the destroyer is different types of Black Rifle Coffee. BlackRifleCoffee.com. They will treat you good. Ed Kratz will also treat us good on a Saturday morning. Brings us all kinds of good vibes for the NFL. Beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. How are you doing, sir? Welcome to 2424. Yeah, Happy New Year, Tom. Is everybody out there? Uh, I hope it's a good year for everybody. It's already off to a this decent a, start for me. Absolutely. Well, this is the best show of the year for us so far. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love oh, it. you don't want to set the bar. You don't want to set the bar too high too early, right? You still have another uh, right. fifty Saturdays to go here in, in uh, twenty twenty four. Absolutely, uh, but let's let's get right into this. I we know we got a lot on tap. Certainly, we'll get to the Colts here in just a second. We always like to start with your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, it's been a frustrating second half of the season. I, I still feel good about the Eagles and and where they're at with their season. The good thing about it is you guys. Uh, chalked up a lot of wins at the beginning of the season, but it's got to be frustrating, uh, you know, uh, for the Eagles, for the Eagles fans, and, and you know, certainly for the team itself. Uh, talk about us a little bit about the state of the Eagles right now, sir. Yeah, well, you know, I, I can't really find a whole lot to be optimistic about, to be, be honest with you. I mean, the way they've played the last month of the season here, uh, they've only won one game since Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, they beat the Bills, you know, on that Thanksgiving Sunday, but they've only won one game, you know, and you want to be playing your best football in December, and they were 1-4 and four in December, so a 10-1 and one start. Now they're sitting at 11-5, and five, probably looking at the number five seed, uh, which likely means a trip to Tampa Bay uh, next weekend, and that'll probably be the Monday night game is what a lot of people think. Um, and I think, you know, that's going to happen because the Eagles, they just need to win, but they also need the Cowboys to lose against the four-win Washington Commanders on Sunday, which, you know, I know Dallas isn't really good on the road. They've only won three games away from home this year, but, boy, after what happened with the Cowboys last week with getting that kind of controversial call uh, to win the game and then the massive upset the Eagles suffered at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals, who had three wins at the time. I just don't see the Cowboys losing. Uh, you know, take advantage of this gift they were given, and they'll win the NFC East and be the two seed. The Eagles will be the five. Uh, but really, it's just been kind of wheels off for the Eagles the last uh, month of the season, and a lot of reasons for it. Uh, probably need another hour to get into all of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I have no, bottom line is I just, I think they're kind of a one-and-done team in the playoffs. I don't see them kind of flipping the switch and turning it on. And, you know, even if they do find a win, a way to win that wild-card game in Tampa, probably they go to San Francisco the following week, uh, who's already thumped the Eagles here in Philadelphia. So, you know, it looks like it would be a short run for the Eagles in the postseason. Let's go back to last week uh, to that disappointing loss uh, to the Cardinals. And I, I felt like that you guys had a, a puncher's chance of winning that game. And, you had mentioned to me before the game even started, you know, not too excited about this game because uh, the Cardinals did beat Dallas. Uh, but it just seems like there's been that – there's been something missing. And, and you know, you could, you could say, oh, well, we don't have Spike in anymore. We don't have this anymore. You know, the, the NFL is, is the NFL for a reason. I mean, 
Uh, you got to be able to play no matter what happens. And it feels like the Cardinals kind of stuck up on the Eagles last week. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole game, but I've seen highlights of it. And, and certainly it's been the buzz uh, in, in morning, uh, uh, good morning football and that sort of stuff with the Eagles losing to the Cardinals, a very disappointing loss. And, you know, on good morning football this week, they, they used the word embarrassment. Uh, what happened there? And would you use that word embarrassment? Oh, absolutely. I think it was probably the Eagles' worst loss in, you know, of the century. I don't think they've had a worse loss in the last 20 years. So, yeah, it was it was an embarrassing loss. Um, and, you know, it's the, my biggest fear of that game last week was Jonathan Gannon, you know, the former Eagles defensive coordinator here for two years, knew the Eagles' tendencies uh, on offense. Uh, you know, his players knew that that game meant a lot to Jonathan Gannon. So, you know, and we saw Gannon's knowledge. that He stopped the tush-push, you know, the brotherly shove that the Eagles are so good at. No team is able to do that this year, and Gannon's defense did it on a third and short, and then the Eagles did it, you know, they tried it again on fourth and short and converted. But, you know, that's just kind of an example of him knowing them. And then afterward, Jalen Hurts said, yeah, he, of course that helped. He's in every meeting with me. We talked a lot. I, I talked about him with, uh, you know, what we do offensively, what would work against the defense. So, you know, he knew a lot of the tendencies. So that's kind of what scared me about that game was just Gannon's intimate knowledge of the Eagles. And, you know, but listen, you, you can't blame that. I mean, their def- Eagles defense was just terrible, and they have been terrible since they moved to Matt Patricia as the defensive coordinator. I think that was a panic move when they made it. I still think it was a panic move, and the players are even talking about trying to figure out what Patricia wants to do. And you're talking about a team that was, ten, you know, 10-1 and one when, when they made the move, or 10-2, and two, I think. So uh, they gave up 29 fourth-quarter points to the Cardinals. The Eagles were winning at halftime 21-6, to six, and they gave up touchdowns on all four possessions that the Cardinals had in the second half. In the second half of games with Matt Patricia running the defense, the Eagles have given up 68 points. They've had three – they've led all three of those games at halftime but ended up going one and two in those games. And the defense to me is just not, you know, they're still trying to figure it out. It's almost like, you know, what you're doing in training camp, trying to figure out what your defensive coordinator wants. And now they're doing Mm -hmm. it in season. Uh, So that to me is, you know, that was kind of the turning point to me for this defense was, you know, switching out coordinators and, you know, they were the only team, the Eagles to clinch a playoff spot and on the same day fire the defensive coordinator. So, I mean, what does that tell you? That's just, you know, that's not good. Total chaos. And, you know, you look at Matt, yes. Pat, 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 Patricia. I mean, he hasn't did anything since he's been in New England. He he screwed up the Lions. I mean, he, he, he that's a, I, mean, I said Eagles. I, I meant Patriots. I apologize. Uh, he hasn't did anything since he's left the Patriots. To me, that's a perfect example of a really good team at that time. It was in the Patriots era. So, hey, let's take the credit and let's go. But behind all of that, uh, he clearly isn't what everybody thought he was. I mean, look at what he did in, in Detroit. Now look at what he's doing there in the in the Eagles. Uh, he won't be back with the Eagles next year. I would think that's the case. Uh, as you said, it's going to be a one-and-done game, and defense is wins championships. So I don't know where he goes from here, but he, he's certainly not the coach or coordinator or whatever that we saw in New England with him. So, I don't. yeah, I agree with you. That's yeah. probably a panic move uh, with them. As the Eagles prepare to go on the road uh, for the final game of the season tomorrow against the Giants, who are nothing but mediocre, but they're mediocre at the right time. I always say, don't be be good or be bad, but don't be mediocre. But the the unfortunate thing to say here, the Eagles are 
more mediocre than the Giants. So this is just a mediocre game, but it's a game you got to win. Well, I, I guess. I mean, the Eagles are pretty much, to me, I mean, yeah, they can win the two seed, uh, but they need Dallas to lose, and the Eagles need to win. To me, it's really a meaningless game. I mean, the Eagles are painting it like, hey, we need a win to kind of get some momentum, and I could see that backfiring. I mean, they had to back, hang on to beat the Giants when they beat them in Philadelphia. Uh, they had to get an in, end zone interception to win the game. You know, Giants, the Eagles were up by eight. The Giants needed a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And they moved it all the way down to the 30-yard line through a pass in the end zone that was intercepted on the last play. And the Eagles survived. So, I, you know, listen, this could backfire on the Eagles. I, I thought they might try to rest some guys. Uh, I understand that, if you know, it's 17 nothing. Washington's up on Dallas you know, at halftime and you've played your reserves and you lose the game and Dallas loses, you'd be, you know, ridiculed here in Philadelphia. So, I, you know, if I'm them, I would probably just do some scoreboard watching. And if Washington looks like they're getting drilled by Dallas, I'd start pulling my guys out. I mean, you know, the Eagles are saying, well, we need a win, but what happens if they lose? I mean, what kind of momentum is that going to be? And they could easily lose this game. I mean, this isn't going to be some gimme. The Eagles have beaten the Giants five straight games, 17 out of their last 20. You don't think the Giants are sick of that? I mean, they're going to come to play New York, and this is, it won't be an easy game for the Eagles no matter how you look at it. Um, so this could end up backfiring, this play-to-win approach. Hey, what happens if we lose? Then you're going into the playoffs like losers of five out of your last six. Uh, it, it's just not a good situation for the Eagles. I digress a little bit, but the tush push, the, uh, the push of brotherly love, certainly says Dykton's brought it here to Indianapolis. But I've seen that owners are saying, hey, we want a rule pass so that can no longer be a, a, a legal play. I don't make sense of that. I know I'm digressing here from our, our conversation. But it, it, it's, they're not doing anything illegal. What would be the purpose other than teams that don't like it because it was used against them and you know they weren't able to stop the score? But other than, hey, Given a team a competitive advantage because they're a little bit bigger and stronger. Well, that's the NFL. So I don't think that rule should be – that play should be made an illegal play next year. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I, I agree. I mean, I guess their argument was early in the season, well, there's too many injuries that happen. Well, I haven't seen any injuries really happen. Maybe one, yeah, just, and that's just, you know, the way the football is. But the other one is I think it's just not aesthetically pleasing. It doesn't look pretty to the eye. It's more of a rugby play. Well, who cares? Any quarterback sneak is that way, and you're still going to have quarterback sneaks. Um, So, you know, I don't think it makes sense. But, listen, it's been such a lightning rod. If they want to ban it, just go ahead and ban it so we don't have to talk about it anymore. And I think the Eagles and other teams would still be pretty darn successful running quarterback sneaks on fourth and short or third and short. Talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and Inside.com. Uh, certainly talking about the playoff pictures. That's where we're at. Uh, we, we're at week 18, and we are talking about the playoff picture. Let's move over to uh, my Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts on primetime tonight. Have the Texans at home. It's snowy here, but the roof will be closed, so that won't be a, a factor whatsoever. Uh, the Colts have to just come in and beat the Texans. Arguably, Shane Sykton is a good candidate for conversations uh, for Coach of the Year. So, certainly so are some others. The coach over uh, at Texas, the coach in Cleveland. So maybe he'll win, maybe he won't. But certainly uh, the, the quarterback situation is going to be uh, Gardner Minshew against arguably the Rookie of the Year and C.J. Stroud. Um, it's going to be a tough game, maybe one of the toughest games all season. And I, as I was just saying earlier to Tony, 
I mean, we look back at some games we would have, could have, could have, should have, you know, and I still go back to that Cleveland game. But that's neither here nor there. We are where we are now. We have to beat the Texans. Talk with me about what your thoughts are on that game, uh, the Texans and the Colts tonight, and the Jaguars own the tiebreakers. So if by chance the Jaguars lose, we win, that's a good opportunity for us to win the division. And uh, who would have thought, right? Uh, but first things first, and that's tonight. What are your thoughts on that game, the Texans and the Colts? Well, I guess I know what you're doing tonight, huh? You'll be in front of the television. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are Absolutely. probably the two. I mean, Colts, Texans, and probably the Cleveland Browns to an extent. But I think Colts and Texans are the two most surprising teams uh, in football, you know, uh, considering what they were last year. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game. It's, uh, you know, it's nice to have it on your home field for sure. Uh you know, the last time I think these teams played, Anthony Richardson was still the quarterback, and the Colts won. And the Colts won that game. Uh, now you've transitioned, obviously, over to Gardner Minshew, who, you know, you take the good and the bad with Minshew, and Steichen has a way of finding some, you know, how to kind of mine the good, if you will, for from Minshew most of the time. Uh, so yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting game. CJ Stroud's going to be a handful. I think he threw for almost 400 yards in that meeting. Now, that was a long time ago, and these teams are different. But still, you know, Stroud knows he can throw against them. And I don't know what Kenny Moore's situation is for tonight. I don't know if he's been uh, ruled out or if he's questionable yeah, or, or what. He's, so he's, he's, he's play as far as we know right now, yeah. Yeah, well, that that helps. Uh, that will help the Colt the Colt secondary. Um, but yeah, I think this is uh, this is going to be a real knockdown type game. I mean, it's it's like a playoff. It is a playoff game, really, because if the Texans win, yeah. they're in. The Colts need to win to hope the Jags lose tomorrow against two of they playing the Titans, I think. So uh, you got to win and get some help. Yeah, you need to win and get some help. But, but the Texans can take care of business, win and they're in, uh, and that's going to make them a tough out. But I like the way the Colts have played when they. You know, they have had some inconsistencies, but if they come out to play, and I, I'm darn sure they will, uh, they're going to be playing for their, their uh, postseason lives. And, you know, I, I don't know who's going to win. I, I'm, I know who I'm rooting for. I'd like to see the Colts win, yeah. of course. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a close game, and it could be get, come down to the last possession. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, he may not be here. Well, in fact, he probably won't be here next year, Gardner Minshew. Who knows where he'll be. But – you know, local media love him. He's 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 full of energy. He doesn't even have a house, and you probably know this, but he he lives in a mobile home, or in our big art fancy RV or whatever. He's kind of a beach right. surfer dude. And I was watching him being interviewed on one of the major networks. I think it was CBS prior to the game. It was one of those pre-recorded interviews, set-down interviews. You know, and he's kind of like, well, you know, hey, we we go out, kind of, we you know, we bring all this energy, and we just. We look up, no, we don't even look at the score. It's just, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, and you know, like, and, 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 I'm, I'm, I tell him, listen, well, we should do a, a drinking game every time he goes, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like, we really thought that was going to be. <laughs> yeah, he's a big, hey, you dude guy, you know, hey, dude, how you doing, dude? What's up, dude? Uh, you love his yeah, energy. I, I don't know, I don't yeah. know if you saw that. TikTok video that was going around with him dancing with Anthony Richardson and Anthony's got a cast in his arm and they're dancing in the in the locker room and I, you gotta love his energy so for nothing else I, I give him a passing grade he did his job as a backup quarterback up to Anthony Richardson he's gotten us to a situation to where we could be in the postseason he's built his resume 
he's earned his money here. I don't know if he'll be where he'll be next year. It's highly unlikely he'll be here uh, with the Colts. Uh, but uh, you know, if if he can uh, bring this run with us, uh, more power to it. Let's talk a little bit about the AFC playoff picture, then we'll go over to the NFC playoff pictures. Obviously, in the hunt, we talked about already the Texans at nine and seven, and the Steelers also at nine and seven. Uh, Ravens by far probably the best. Uh, team in the NFL right now. They, they're the number one seed in the AFC North. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they really turned it on. Of course, we beat them. Uh, if that means anything, I don't know. Dolphins are 11 and 5. Chiefs are 10 and 6. Again, we talked about the Jags in the hunt there, and the Browns have their playoff berth. There is a world, and we talked about this earlier with Adam. There is a world where the, the, the Colts could host the Browns in a playoff game. Man, wouldn't that be something? Bring on the revenge factor at that point. Uh, but as you look at the AFC, uh, and as you look at the AFC playoff picture, um, what are your thoughts there as far as uh, you know who you're looking at? Again, the, the, the two teams as far as in the AFC South go is the Jags and the Colts. Uh, of course, the Bills they're right there as well. The Browns uh, have a, a playoff berth. So um, you know maybe we're repeating our conversation, but. Uh, in the AFC, uh, it looks like we're talking about the Colts and the Jags get in. Yeah, uh, the Browns are in, right? So I think they're yeah. playing their fifth starting quarterback of the year, which is crazy. I think they're starting Jeff Driscoll over Joe Flacco because they need Flacco uh, for the playoffs, which you know is crazy. We're like rewinding our yeah, lives here not- ten years <laughs> ago. <laughs> and you know what? That was back when the Ravens were as good as they are now when Joe Flacco was the quarterback of the Ravens. I mean, we were joking about that earlier. <laughs> you really yeah, were talking I mean, about Joe Flacco in a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, it's like being 10 years younger again and we were watching him, you know, in Baltimore. But uh, somehow he found the fat of youth. And, you know, like Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco had a stint here in Philly, so I got to know Joe a little bit. And he was a good guy, you know. He's, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. And, you know, Gardner's same way. I mean, behind all that, hey, dude, and yo, man, it's cool, and all this surf <laughs> dude talk, Minshew, Minshew gets it, man. He knows what it takes to win football games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, I'm sure what we're talking about here, but the Jags, I mean, it's, it, it, listen, the Jags still control their destiny, even though they've kind of been like the Eagles here down the stretch. They've lost, I think, four out of five uh, games, and you know, the Eagles did that, and now they've lost control of their destiny, but the Jags did enough, and the division isn't as strong, uh, you know, as the NFC East is, maybe. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that. It might be as strong, but the the, the, the Jags still control their destiny. If they win, they're in, but, uh, you know, that's not going to be – I don't think it's going to be too easy of a game. You know, Mike Rabel is still a good coach. His players will still play for him, and they know they would love to play spoiler against one of their division rivals in the Jags, and you know, the Jags are going to have to uh, find a way to, to, you know, kind of reverse how they've been playing. I know they beat the Panthers big last week, but everybody beats the Panthers big. So, you know, I don't know how much stock you put in you put in that win. Um, so the Colts could have a shot here, you know. That's not going to be an easy game for the Jags to go into Tennessee and, and win that game, I don't think. Um, but, you know, Doug Peterson, he's a good coach also. Obviously, he's got a Super Bowl win on his resume. Um, but, you know, if the Colts win tonight, I think you got a lot of optimism for tomorrow that the, the Titans will uh, make it a, a, even a happier New Year for everybody in Indianapolis and win that game. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's look at the NFC uh, playoff picture. That one's not quite as uh, cut and dry as the AFC. 
we look at the Seahawks eight and eight, the Saints eight and eight, the Vikings seven and nine, and the Falcons uh, seven and nine, all in the hunt. As you look at those guys, uh, who gets in out of those uh, teams, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Vikings, or the Falcons? I, I, I kind of like the, the Vikings, even though it's a stretch. I look for them to, to, to get a, a place in the playoffs. Well, I mean, they need uh, they need some help big time, Minnesota. I mean, they're seven and nine. They're going to Detroit, who you know they're still smarting from that loss last week, where uh, yeah. you know you know what happened uh, with the two point conversion and the, the, right. the lineman reporting eligible or did he or didn't he? So uh, Dan Campbell said he's going to play his starters, which you know they really aren't playing for a whole lot. I guess there's a chance they can get the two seed, but you know Campbell's not pulling pulling any starters out at least to start the game. Maybe he'll you know soften his approach as the game goes on because it doesn't mean a whole lot to them. Uh, and then Minnesota, even if they win, I, I, you know, they need Green Bay to lose, Seattle to lose, and Tampa to lose. You know, I, I just don't see Tampa losing to, uh, to the Panthers. Uh, now they could also get in with the Green Bay losing, Seattle losing, and New Orleans losing. And you know, certainly New Orleans can lose to the Falcons, but again, I, I don't see it. So I think just based on that, the Tampa Bay and New Orleans, I think both win. Minnesota's out. Uh, but you know, stranger things have happened, and they, maybe they get in at eight and nine, uh, which would be kind of surprising. But you know, right now I, I, I kind of like you know probably the Packers to get in. The Rams are already in, and you know, good job by the Rams coming from where they came from. Not much was expected of of them this year. You know, they were kind of on a rebuild, kind of transitioning the roster over from when they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, you know, so they're in. But I think Green Bay has the easier path. All they have to do is beat Chicago in Chicago. I think it's in Chicago, or maybe it's in Green Bay. But um, I think it is in Green Bay. But uh, but yeah, listen, the, Bears are, been, yeah. the Bears have been pretty good lately. You know, Justin Fields is playing better. That defense is really playing well. And, you know, I thought Eberflus, the former court, Colts coordinator, I thought he might get fired at the end of the year. But now I'm not so sure. I mean, the Bears are 7-9. and nine. Um it, they could find a way to win this game, but all Green Bay needs to do is win. Um, you know, so I think they can do it. Uh, they're going to be playing, like I said, it's like a playoff game for them. It's a great time of year. All these teams are playing meaningful football. Uh, so, I, you know, to me, I think Green Bay will be that final team in. They'll probably be the seventh seed, I guess, and go to probably Dallas to start the playoffs. Um and that would make the Rams a sixth seed, and they would go to Detroit. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened. I, I'd be surprised if the Vikings got in, but, hey, they might. They need a lot to happen. And, uh, you know, first they got to take care of business against the Lions. That's not easy. Uh, Lions oh. are, like I said, they're still smarting from last week's loss. So uh, they're going to – it's like going into a hornet's nest to, to play yeah. the Detroit Lions, especially in that building, Ford Field, man. That place is loud, so – well, they're eleven uh, you know, it's and five. They're eleven and five, and it's the best team they've had in a long time. And you know, I know the Forty ers are the number one seed. They're twelve and four, but I would venture to to, to go into the debate that the Lions are the better team than the Forty ers uh, because the Lions have had some unfortunate losses. Uh, is the only thing that I feel like they've kept them from the number one seed. Uh, of course, the Cowboys are are, are right there. Uh, but the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Lions, I think the Lions are a better team than the 49ers. A lot of people might disagree with me based on, on record alone. Uh, but the, the 49ers are certainly uh, a team to contend with. Uh, 
Uh, are we ready? Are we ready to make a Super Bowl prediction? We want to wait till next week. <laughs> oh my, yeah. I mean, I listen. I, I can make one, but I reserve the right to change my mind next week. <laughs> you got that. You, we'll give you that. We'll give you that right. Yeah, I, 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 I like the way the Bills are playing, man. I, I just got a sneaky feeling that the Bills are going to find a way to get into the Super Bowl. Uh, that's kind of a, you know, an out there pick, I guess. Everybody might like the Ravens, and I do like the Ravens, uh, the way they play defense. And Lamar Jackson's a handful, but I, you know, the Bills have won four in a row, and that's why I reserve my right to change my pick next week because they play the Dolphins on Sunday. I think that's the night game, Sunday night, which will be a good game. Uh, we'll see how they do against the Dolphins team that's kind of limping into the playoffs. They've got a lot of injuries. But I, I like the Bills, man. I think they're playing good football at the right time. Uh, Josh Allen's doing a better job now that Joe Brady's uh, running the offensive show uh, as the coordinator there. They made a nice in-season move, kind of like the Eagles tried to do where it backfired. But I think going from Ken Dorsey to uh, Joe Brady has helped the Bills and has helped uh, Josh Allen. Uh, so I like Buffalo coming out of the AFC as of now. And in the NFC, you know, I, I, <laughs> you mentioned the Lions, and, you know, I agree they're a good team. I think they might be a little inexperienced. Uh, you know, they're not used to this kind of rare air of, of winning 11 games in a season. So, you know, I don't know if they're they're quite ready to, to make that leap and beat a team that's as seasoned as the 49ers, and I still think, the 49ers are the best team. And, you know, I, I'm even kind of leaning a little bit toward Dallas. Uh, I, I'm out on a limb with Buffalo, so why don't I go out on a limb here on the NFC and go with Dallas right now? So, you know, a Dallas-Buffalo uh, uh, Super Bowl, I think, is what I would be picking right now, again, you know, before before the regular season's over. Uh, I just think the Cowboys have something to them. Uh, and, again, I reserve the right if they lay an egg in Washington and lose, then I'm, I'm coming off that pick in a hurry. I'll text you right away and uh, tell you I'm off the Cowboys. But right now I think the Cowboys have something pretty decent going on, and this could be their time. So here we are, Dallas well, versus Buffalo, Super Bowl 57 in Vegas. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to go hanging out on a limb with you for a little bit for this week as well. I my as we'll call this our our out on the limb week, uh, but yeah. I like the Lions and I like the Dolphins for the Super Bowl this year. Ooh, That's uh, out on the limb. Do us hot. Like do us hot. <laughs> and I like the Lions. You know our good friend Rick. He's a big Lions fan. He's been super excited. He deserves a Super Bowl. We've all had one. Colts aren't going. The Eagles aren't going. So hey, let's 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 send a little vibe uh, to our our friend Rick and the, and the Lions. I like the Dolphins because Tua did me well in fantasy football. Now, next week I'll probably have to have to rein it in a little bit. I I, I know we're not going to be talking about Tampa. I got to say Tampa, you know, they're fun to watch. But we were in Florida. I think I texted you this. I don't know. We were in Florida, and we were coming back from Clearwater. I mean, on four. I, mean, I know you know what four is there. Um, yeah. Right there by Raymond James Stadium. It wasn't a ball game. It was a Thursday or Wednesday afternoon, actually. And we were only supposed to be on for about 10 miles. So you think, okay, not that bad, even with traffic. Now, we did hit rush hour traffic, Tampa coming out of downtown Tampa. So there is that variable. But there is absolutely no reason why it took us two hours, did you not? Two hours to drive 10 miles. And here's the weird oh. thing. 
I thought, okay, well, maybe there's a wreck up there. Maybe there's construction. Waze wasn't showing anything. Finally got off uh, for, I swear to God, I didn't see any reason as to why it was backed up. So for that reason, I'm rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go down in a flame. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know why it was? It's volume. There's so many cars down there on a yeah. little strip of land that juts into the ocean. Uh, yeah. it, it's just, it's unnatural. And you do have to kind of time your driving around that. I probably should have mentioned that to you, that you don't want yeah, to be driving should. around Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know. well now, you know. now you know. I, I, I tell you what, you... I, you're my official Clearwater tour guy. Uh, uh, Frankie's one of the places that was the best grouper sandwich we've ever had. Key lime pie. We took it back to the hotel and had it later on. And we were going to go to that Italian restaurant. It's just yeah. we'd have been out on the on the boat all afternoon on, on the dolphin cruise, which we did get to see some uh, dolphins. But it was cold. It was the water was choppy. We bought one of those packages where you could have as much alcohol, a beer anyway, that you wanted. And the boat was so choppy. You could hardly walk to the bar. And so, you know, and I felt like I had to be tethered in. I, I, I envisioned <laughs> me dropping my phone in the Gulf of Mexico, you know. And oh, I, yeah. It wouldn't have been good. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was fun. So, you, you know, you did good. did us good on Clearwater. We had a, had a good time walking around there and had a good time there. Clearwater. So you're my official Clearwater uh, tour guy. Next time maybe well, I can. Well, yep. <laughs> you get, yeah, you need to go back. Let's go in March. We'll get down and we'll, you know check out some spring training and um, yeah. I mean it's a, it's, a cool, it's a cool place. Yeah, I may end up being there next weekend anyway. <laughs> if the Eagles got to play you in Tampa, be. so you might be. Yeah. All right, buddy. We appreciate your work and, and everything you contribute to this show. Uh, I know we got a few more weeks left, uh, but and so certainly you'll be on our, our Super Bowl special that we have every every year. But what are you working on there? Uh, I know you're working on the Giants, and the. And are you going to be heading yeah. across the, the, the Giants Stadium tomorrow, or? Yeah, yep, yep. I'm, I'm. Well, no, I'm going up. I'm going to go up tomorrow. It's a 4:25 kick, uh, so I'll probably. That's about an hour and a half drive. Um, so I'll probably go up tomorrow afternoon, and uh, I do have a room uh, overnight there. I'm not sure I'm going to stay there or not, but yeah, that's it. That's covering the game, and then writing about the playoffs next week for the Eagles. I. Like I said, I think it takes a miracle for them to get the two seed and get a home game. But, you know, strange things happen, like you said, in the NFL. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But that's it, you know, just kind of. It begins on Sunday, uh, they say. Uh, yeah, that's right. So we'll see what happens with the Eagles-Giants. But I'll be there, and then, you know, then it's time to turn the page and look at the playoffs. There we go. Let's do it, sir. We'll talk with you soon. All Hope right. you have a, a good, safe weekend, safe travels over to to the big city there, sir. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, uh, joins us and help us uh, break down the NFL Week 18, of course, uh, the playoff picture. Uh, so my name is Tom Marquisell, President Tate. Don't forget to follow us in the world of X's. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about who the national championship is. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's throw a little positive vibe uh, to uh, – Let's throw a little positive vibe to Michael Penix Jr. Uh, in, the, in the Washington Huskies to get to get the job done. Thank you, Adam Jividan, uh, our college football co-pilot, and also Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Thank you, guys. Uh, we got to wrap it up and put a bowl on out here. Don't drink a drive, but it's cool. I'm out of here, deuces. <laughs>
Double wide, quick stop, midnight, deep top, jack and her cherry coke pen. Mama and daddy put their roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yellow dog school bus, kicking up red bus, kicking us up by barbed wire fence. MTV on the RCA, no AC in the vents. We were Jesus, save me, blue jean baby, born in the USA. Trailer park truck stop, fade a little. 